0: Yeah. Hello. And welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on our Heart Radio. We thank HN, every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Cephas, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy?
1: All right. All right. Woo, Bo Cephas. Here we go. It is playoff weekend. I am fucking fired up and ready to go. We have three games on saturday we have three games on sunday hey bo cephas the last time i had three on saturday and three on sunday yeah uh, let's just say i spent that monday on a penicillin iv drip you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah glad glad to see my sexual tragedies are always a sense of amusement for you um, and not only that listen quick psa to the glory hole seekers out there viagra overdose is a real thing people It's, a real, it's look, those, those little blue pills are not candy they're not candy and listen i'm gonna i'm gonna actually quote a real quote from my doctor Vi, one viagra a day and the boner will stay okay that's all you need one one a day people now whether you are here for the funny it's a quest for fun
0: i'm gonna have fun
1: and you're gonna have fun
0: we're all gonna have so much fucking fun, we'll need plastic
1: surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodle out of your assholes! Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil, doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness? Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. President. I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it.
0: I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in.
1: That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory whole way. Y'all know the drill. By now, we will make you laugh. (laughs) Both Stephas will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional YouTube show in collaboration with 105.3, the fan in Dallas called The Degenerate, with world-famous R.J. Choppy.
0: Murray, and against Sana, left side, swings this one, Holloway for three. And I set fire to the rain, Watch it pour as I touch your face.
1: Now, with all that business out of the way, Welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio, we got all five TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now, it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting, cow beer choice of the week.
0: Well, thank you very much, sir, sir. Tonight I am drinking a Voodoo Ranger Higher Plane IPA. Good lord. From New Belgium Brewery in Fort Collins, Colorado. Very good IPA. Three and a half out of five stars in the beer app. And it reminds me that every new year, we should all be challenging ourselves to find a higher plane of existence. Whether it would be spiritually, emotionally, nope, financially, and Longhorn, I know the sentiment hits home for you because, you know, uh, your last quote-unquote special guy friend stopped coming around the patio. And you just, you've just you been an awful funk since then. So yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and remind you that there are plenty of other, you know, men in the sea or semen in the ocean or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. But regardless, just keep your pretty little head up. And that tall, dark, handsome stranger of your dreams is just around the corner, baby. I promise.
1: No. No, sir. I will not. <laughs> I am not going to in- even acknowledge or indulge this homosexual innuendo discussion. I will not give it the light of day, sir. No.
0: <laughs> oh my God! All right, boys we're girls, we're going to get the podcast. We're going to give you some free picks. We're going over the good, the bad, the hard. You fucking kidding me? And we're going to go over all six. And yes, I said six wild card games in the air mm. tonight. But right now, baby, we're going to make you some money, but we got to make some money first. And to do that, it's this week's sponsor. And our, this week's sponsor is BetAnySports.eu. I said, Bet. Hey! Sports.eu is the only place to go for online gambling. All sports, as the name suggests, they got poker. They got full casino games. They got the over or under. How many handsome men Longhorn will have on the patio in the next six months? Take the over there, kid. They've no. got. <laughs> they got reduced shoes. Minus one oh five most situations, same day payouts, they welcome Bitcoin. God damn, it's over thirty five thousand dollars a share. They have their widest selections of props, parlays, and teasers on the internet, people. Go to betanysports.eu, put in code word glory hole, you get a 35% sign-up bonus today. What does that mean? It means it's a $1,000, you get back 1350 you take their free money with our picks, you're winning money on top of money, on top of fucking money, baby. It's betanysports.eu, Code word glory hole. One more time, I said bet, hey, sports.eu, Code word glory hole.
1: And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fun fucking great! That's just fucking great! The bad. This is bad.
0: this bad? Is bad? Well, that's fucking not good.
1: And the are you fucking kidding me?
0: Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me?
1: God damn it, are you fucking with me?
0: Alright, boys and girls, and as always, we start with the good, and the good last week was Tommy fucking Brady, there, kid. 43 years old, he is now. He threw 40 touchdowns this year, almost one for every year that God's graced us with his presence. Second most in his career. Everyone needs to appreciate, honestly appreciate, what the fuck we're actually witnessing right now in the NFL because boys and girls you ain't gonna fucking get it again.
1: No. And uh, you know, as a man in his early forties as well, I would just <laughs> I would just like to um I'm gonna go ahead and compare myself to Tom Brady here, if you don't mind. Give me some space and mm-hmm. uh use the great a line from the great Doc Holliday and say nonsense, I'm in my prom.
0: Yeah. Tommy is in his prime. and fucking <laughs> Very much. Uh, Yeah. And now we're going to move on with the bad. And the bad is that everyone, or that anyone, doubted Tom Brady. Okay? You don't doubt the fucking goat until the goat is done. Longhorn, you and I had a buddy that texted us at the beginning of the year mm. that not only would New England be better without Tom Brady and go to the playoffs, but that Tom Brady would fail miserably in Tampa Bay And not do shit without Bill Belichick. Well, everybody that had that sentiment, you can all sit down and be fucking witnesses to the greatness that is Tom, fucking
1: Brady. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we talked about it on some of the very very early podcasts this season. I mean, just to remind people that are just now new listeners, I am holding a golden ticket, a la you know Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory. Tampa Bay 5000 on a $50 bet to win the Super Bowl. Now, of course, I put Woo! this in before, before Brady went to Tampa because I was, you know, proactive and I signed up about four or five teams that he was on the list to go to because guess what? Whatever team he goes to is an instant Super Bowl contender and instant great value. And it just so happens that although they're not the favorite and it is kind of a long shot for them to go... Uh, guess who I'm rooting for this weekend?
0: Yeah, I bet. And you know what? Looking forward, all they gotta do, all they have to do, really, is go to Green Bay and win one game. That's really all they have to do. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the you Cut R-U-F-I-G-K-A-N-M-E! And this week, that award goes to the North Carolina Tar Heels. So we had... <laughs> The North Carolina Tar Heels plus 10 versus uh-huh. the Texas A&M Aggies. UNC was up 20-17 to 17 going into the fourth quarter. So we're up by 13, starting the fourth. Pretty good position, right? A&M ties the game. But then UNC goes down and takes the lead to go up 27-20. So now we're up by 17 points with 13 minutes left in the game. Feels solid. Feels Feel solid. solid. Aggies tie it. With ten minutes left, and then a bunch of nothing happens. And then finally, the Aggies break through. Go ahead by seven with three minutes and some change left in the game. We're safely up by three. UNC has got to go for the touchdown. Aggies don't need to score anymore. We should be fine. UNC yep. gets the ball back. They've got three timeouts, and this is the key. Three. All three. Long how mm-hmm. yeah, you get three per half, right? All three timeouts. Yeah. They're only down by seven with three minutes left. They're at 4th and 1 at their own 34 with 3 minutes and 10 seconds left. They could easily punt it, try to play some defense, get the ball back, go for the win. No, 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 no. They fucking go for it on their own 34 with 3 goddamn timeouts. They don't get it, and then Aggies take over. And, of course, they score in the next play. They go up by 14. And that's how our bowl season, which we had a great bowl season, but that's how it fucking ends with the most brutal beat that maybe we've had all fucking year.
1: God damn it! Yeah, that was pretty bad. And uh, of course, Mac Brown, you know he, I'm. They don't call me Longhorn for nothing. I mean, it's no bones about it. I am a Longhorn fan. And there was a famous, you know, uh, soundbite that went around, and you can still find it. It was after an Oklahoma ass-whooping that the Longhorns took to Bob Stoops. And uh, and old Mackie Brown came out there and at the podium said, uh, "Well, I'd like to apologize to all Texas fans. And uh, right now I think he needs to apologize to all um, followers of the football glory hole because he fucked us right out of a guaranteed win there. And uh, we will be accepting that apology at any time, Mr. Mack Brown.
0: All right, boys and girls, it's been seven goddamn weeks of the NFL season, and now it's time for the playoffs. It is the Super NFL Wild Card Weekend, and it's time to find all those wins coming in the air
1: tonight, baby!
0: Longhorn, we're going to start with the first game up on Saturday, and it is in Buffalo, where those Bills are now consensus six-point home favorites versus those Indianapolis Colts.
1: Oh, baby. Okay, so because we've already talked about these games, so and there's only six of them, so of course we've been talking all week, but this is a game where I struggle the most with this handicap. It was a really tough handicap, and honestly, if I if I wanted Indy in this game, I could do a whole fucking write-up and and make it sound convincing on Indy. And it would be convincing. However, I leaned my write-up towards Buffalo, fully understanding and knowing good goddamn well that I am on the public side here. Um, and also, not only that, staring right at my power rankings and going against them. So... Just, just, let me put that out there. Everything I'm going to say goes against the power rankings, goes against what I would normally do in a regular season game for sure, 100%. Um, So, how are you feeling about that right now, then? uh, Well, you know, I'm feeling I would, uh, you know, good to moderately good, (laughs) something, somewhere in between, somewhere in between those two things. But but basically, you know, I'm, so – oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to say this This sounds so square. I'm going to ride the hot hand of Josh. (laughs) <laughs> i couldn't even get through it it sounded so stupid yeah so josh allen is hot he's playing look i mean yeah
0: yeah he, he, i bet you think he's
1: hot <laughs> i mean i'm more of a brunette guy but you know whatever <laughs> so listen let's not forget last year let me play a little devil's advocate last year he did shit the bed against houston in the playoffs and he looked like a quarterback that went to a you know like a like a tim tebow seven on seven camp instead of a you know, a, a real seven on seven camp that teaches you to the, so to forward many pay
0: innuendos here. Jesus,
1: hmm. yeah, this is not this handicap is not going the way I intended. <laughs> but um, okay, let me get back on track. Bottom line, I'm going to lean to Buffalo here. I'm going to be on the square side. I, I just really feel that um, Buffalo is never going to take their foot off the gas, which that's what they've been doing. They much like much like uh, Baltimore. This Buffalo offense just, they love to, they love to fucking throttle people. And I don't know if it's because they've been, you know, not good for so long. And they've got, they know they have a good team finally again since the, uh, you know, Jim Kelly days, but, but they like, they like to boat race people. Now, let me, let me do a couple of concerns here that I have on my Buffalo pick and then I'll throw it to you. Um, Obviously, like I said, most of the money and most of the tickets are coming in on Buffalo, which to be square on the public side, uh, and, I, and I hate being on that side. Uh, and, and one little strange... One, hang on real quick. So let's set that out for the people. So most of the
0: time when we say in the, in the regular season, we different, differentiate Sorry, money and ticket, money being sharp, ticket being public. However, with only yeah. six games, and when it gets to the playoffs, that kind of metric goes out the window, does it not? Because there's only six blurry.
1: games. Yeah, it gets a little blurry there. But with that said, they're both heavy on Buffalo here. Um the one my point is court. like
0: just just because the money is coming in on Buffalo, that doesn't mean necessarily sharp. That can be sharp and public cuz there's so much public money coming in cuz it's only six games. To, that that the only point was just to tell people like hey, you know, cuz they've listened, to, they know, oh, if the money's coming in this with this is the way the sharps are leaning. That's not necessarily the case when it comes to the playoffs. There's just so much money bet and so little games is what I'm putting out there.
1: Yeah and just just to piggyback on that I have heard uh, that some of at least from some of the books that for some reason the sharp money is holding back a little bit this week right now like as of as of the time of this recording, there hasn't been that you know those big syndicates come in heavy like they normally would have already so you know it, it you know let's not put too much credence into the into that but we know 100 percent which which one of these teams down the list is going to be the public side and which one isn't so i'm clearly going to be on the public side here now this one little strange quirk stat that i'm going to throw at you um you know and it, it wasn't it wasn't my work so i can't take credit for it but it, it's it's true Josh Allen is thirty-first QBR versus true Tampa two defenses this year, and that is the strangest, weirdest thing uh, that that's that is happening. Now I don't know if that's going to hold up here. It's a very small sample size, but we'll see. You know, it's worth mentioning for those who are you know feel like Indy is the side. I mean, you know, that's we'll see how he because you know you got to remember his division. They're all man-to-man type defenses. Uh, you know, New England kind of runs that that hybrid, but they like a lot of man-to-man also. So I don't know. It's just something to throw out there and, and be some information for the listeners. But but I am going to be on the public side and I am going to lean Buffalo. All
0: right, so I'm going to heavily lean against you, and I'm going to read my handicap on Indy. However, at the end of it, go ahead and tell you I've got. The one thing that keeps me from just pounding the table and say we have to take Indy, there is one major stat, kind of like you just did the Josh. Oh, that's a great fucking stat, but I've got one thing against Indy that's gonna just make me stop me from pounding the table. However, mm-hmm. deep diving the stats here, Indy has only lost to one team all season who is not a top ten rushing offense DVOA. So, and that was Pittsburgh, who is the number one DVOA defense. Now, why is that important? Because Indy needs possession of the ball to stay in games more than a lot of other teams. Not because their defense is not great, because it is great, but it's because their offense is not explosive and they have to be efficient in the running game and stay on time when down in distance. And that takes more possessions during the game for them to generate those points. They are top eight rushing percentage in the league. 45% of their plays are run plays. So, a team that is top 10 rushing the ball Gives them trouble because it takes the ball away from them. Buffalo is 22nd DVOA in rushing, so advantage Indy there. Indy has also lost to teams with defenses who are top half in the league in the red zone as far as percentage of touchdowns given up, the lone exception being Tennessee, who they also beat, so you kind of got to throw that in the wash. Buffalo is 28th in the red zone D, so again, advantage Indianapolis. The Bills have lost to the second- Fourth and nineteenth best DVOA offenses, and the nineteenth best that they lost to was the Hell Murray. So that's obviously the outlier. Indy is the twelfth best. So again, advantage Indy. The only two teams that Buffalo has played that they and beaten that are better than Indy DVOA offense are the Rams in Week Three. Which, if you remember, that the Rams were going on their second straight uh-huh. West to East Coast game. They were already two and zero. And in that game, the Rams the Rams came out flat. They got down by 25, Longhorn, but they came all the way back to lead that game. And Buffalo yeah, scrambled that. to win by three. The other game was Seattle. And in that game, Allen's grandmother had just passed away. He played very inspired through for over, for over 400 yards, one of only two games that he did that the entire year. Three touchdowns, no picks. And it still took Russell Wilson turned the ball over three times, including twice in the fourth quarter. For the Bills to barely win that game. So again, advantage Indy. Here is why I don't love it. Every single loss for Indy has come against a top 15 time of, time of possession team. Because like I said, Indy needs the ball more than a lot of other teams. Buffalo is number three in the league in time of possession. So I do lean Indy. I love the number at seven. So if it gets back to their they're,
1: they're number three, they're number three as in the one of the best in time of possession or one yes, of the worst? One of the
0: best. One of the best. Buffalo is. Buffalo is. Wow. Okay. So, I love the number at seven. I personally grabbed it at seven. It's back down now to six because some money's coming in on Indy now. I would say wait if you if you feel like me, wait on it some more. It should go back up to seven. The public, like Longhorn said, is all over Buffalo. Normally, we fade the public as always, which is what I'm doing. I already did. If the if it goes back up to seven, I would say grab it. If not, if you feel like my buddy, you should probably grab it now at the six. But I do heavily
1: lean Colts here. Okay, and it, look, this we're having fun here. We're having a little back and forth, and it's you know this isn't one that either one of us feel super super strong about. So uh, let me throw out a little stat that's on your side um indy Indy is one of the best teams at running the ball out of the three wide receiver set um and it just so happens that buffalo is one of the worst teams at defending the run when offenses are in a three wide receiver set so um you know to to your point if they can this feels like a game where you should end game honestly like if you don't like this game at all, because we are kind of on opposite sides, and you just want to, and it's the first game of the playoffs, so you know if you want to kind of make it easy, don't blow your whole fucking uh, don't blow your whole weekend on uh, tying this game into your into your parlays and your teasers right off the bat. If you want to wait to end game, um, I you know whoever whoever gets the lead here, I think whoever scores first, and specifically if they get a ten point lead. Or more, I think, I think it's toast. Do you, do you not agree.
0: I think if Indy gets a ten point lead, Buffalo still has a chance, which is because they're I think fifth to win or cover. Uh, well, no, not to cover. You're probably right about that. Yeah. So, but, if,
1: so if Indy gets a ten point lead, that's I mean, you're you're talking some of the but great if, but end game but value if, but on But if
0: Buffalo gets a ten point lead. Indy's in. Oh. Indy's in trouble. Indy's big in trouble. trouble. Big, big trouble, trouble there. Yeah. So yeah, if, if Indy gets up to the ten point lead and you bet Buffalo to start, you definitely want to fucking hedge at that point big time on Indy because Buffalo is the fifth. I think they're fifth best on passing. Uh, as bad as they are as rushing, as good as they are as passing on offense on DVOA, so they will catch back up. You know, that's what kind of what they do, but. Man, Indy's defense is twelfth best in the league overall, and they're basically twelfth—I think it was twelfth on passing and eighth on rushing. Like they're just pretty solid all around. It's gonna be hard for Buffalo what, to catch back up. What scares and, and cover me about that, six.
1: What scares me about Indy's um, DVOA ranking is that you remember a lot of the beginning of the year they were one or two. So if you if you um, if you back half these two teams, you're going to see a much different DVOA ranking on both sides of the ball. So, you know, I think you can tell, I think the listeners can tell that we are, this is one of the toughest games on the board for us. And uh, we're kind of tiptoeing.
0: Yeah. I think we're both on different sides here. All right. We're going to move on to Seattle where they are now consensus three and a half point home favorites versus those L a
1: Rams. All right. And before I even get going, cause I did write this at least a day or go ago, who is as of right now, the lean to start at quarterback for the Rams.
0: Sorry, one quick note: I forgot on the Buffalo game. Uh, Diggs and Beasley are now questionable. Just FYI, uh, Beasley is going to be a game time decision. Diggs, I expect to go. Yeah,
1: Diggs is going to go. Beasley, we'll see. Yeah.
0: Uh, right now, the rent the line is moving towards Golf playing because Golf did practice today, so I would expect Golf to try and go. Man.
1: So, such an interesting little game of, of how this is, um, how that's going to play with the line and how, and is that, is it a plus or a minus because of his thumb issues? It's going to be so interesting. This is the ugliest game on the board for me. Um, this is one of my classic Longhorn first one to 10 wins, uh, type game. So, I, soon as this game came out, I, I was all over the under. I, just like you on the Buffalo game, I already put out. I already put in on the under for this one. Um, in the last six games, Seattle has played the total average in those games is is 37 and a half points, and I believe the total on this one is sitting at about 42 and a half at last check. Um, and on top of that, the back half of this NFL season, Seattle's defense is seventh in DVOA defense, and it's, a lot of it has to do with Jamal Adams getting uh inclimated coming back from that injury and of course the trade they made for carlos dunlap from seattle or uh cincinnati excuse me um now also strangely in that time we all remember the the talk at the beginning of the season was let russell cook let's let russell cook and and man did he look like a uh fucking uh gordon gecko chef out there. gordon the <laughs> the she- he's the chef right i, I don't want to get my uh pop culture mixed mixed up but he looked like every bit of the guy that could go out there and throw 50 touchdowns well it just so happens about halfway through the season right when their defense started playing well wilson turned into a turnover machine one of the highest turnover rates over on the back half of the season of any quarterback um so obviously the coaches they stopped letting him cook so much they leaned heavily on that running game which all explains the low totals uh, game totals that Seattle has had in this back half of the season. Um, you know, when I put this under in, Wolford was making, you know, it was based on Wolford more than likely getting that first playoff start on the road, you know, and just, he, he's good. If he does start, he's going to make mistakes. He's not going to, he's going to be nervous. He's not going to, he's just not going to play well. Now, if golf is in there, I'm actually, inclined to maybe double down on this under because i've i've got to believe that that uh, that that over under will tick up throughout the week if he if he gets closer and closer to playing as it gets closer and closer to game time i gotta believe the over under is gonna go up at least another point you know maybe a point and a half so i'm inclined to i don't give a shit if he's playing or not he's gonna have a bum thumb and um and he they don't go over with a healthy thumb when these two play so even if he does play, I'm almost inclined to double down on that under. Um, on a force lane in this, uh, on a side in this game, I would have to go to Seattle just based on the the quarterback experience. But, of course, that's thrown out the window if Goff is in there. So, uh, honestly, Bo Stephens, I'm torn on the side. I love the under. What do you got?
0: Yep, I love the under too. I already bet it at 43. It is at 42.5 currently. So, it's one of my better bets of the week. Like you said, Seattle's offense is in the shambles. They did let Russ cook, and since week 11, he has burnt everything in the goddamn kitchen. So Mm -hmm. if you take out the Jets game, which that was a total give-up game by the Jets, take out that game, since week 11, they're averaging just under 21 points a game, which would put them right there with Denver, New England, Washington, (laughs) and Philly. So some of the worst offenses in the entire fucking league. Now... I'm kind of opposite of you, though. I like, I love the under with Wolford, not because I think he's good. Because I think if you watched the game last week, you saw Sean McVay and the genius that he is, call a very conservative game and making sure that he's not going to put that kid in position to make bad plays. The thing that concerns me if Golf plays. For the un- Not that golf's going to be great, because I don't think he's going to be great. No. The thing that concerns me with golf plays is that McVay might have a little bit too much faith in him, and Goff might have a little bit too much faith in himself, and try to make a throw that he really can't make, or hold on to the ball half a second that he probably shouldn't, that he normally could, oh, yeah. and with that injury, that could fuck us in a sack, fumble, interception, some shit like that. I have zero fear of that happening with Wolford, which is... As dumb as that sounds, I have zero fear with a backup quarterback that I've never fucking heard of and I've seen him play one game. I have zero fear of him throwing a pick six. I have zero fear of him having a, a strip sack. Zero fear. So mm. that's the only thing that scares me if golf plays. It scares me on the under because of the. Not that golf's going to go out and put it 30, it's it maybe golf fucks us with a defensive score. Now on a yeah. forced lean. I have to lean with you on Seattle because I even if Goff plays, he's gonna be compromised. And so I don't he's not gonna be a hundred percent. And if he doesn't, it's gonna be Wolford and it is gonna be exactly what we saw last week with a conservative game plan from Sean McVay, and they're gonna to try to play the hell out of Seattle defense which they absolutely can and they will, but it's Russell Wilson at home in the playoffs versus John Wolford. It's three and a half points so where I came down to in this like if you don't think the Rams could win the game then you gotta lay the points because they're not gonna they're not gonna hang within the field goal and not win I don't think so but if you think the Rams could win then let, then take the three and a half that's fine but I, I just can't do it with John Wolfer. but I'm torn on that too I think the under absolutely to our clients or anybody listening it's got to be the play under it's 42 and a half now. It was 43 when I took it. Now, I if you do, good. if you do think like I think, and it's not, it's not the spread. It's the Rams. The Rams are plus 155 on the money line. If I was going to play a side, that's exactly the bet that I would make. Is I'd just take the Rams on the money line, and fuck the points. I got you. All right, moving on. The nightcap on Saturday: the Tampa Brady Buccaneers minus eight versus Washington. Football people.
1: They are the skins of red, sir. You give them the respect that they deserve. And, uh, (laughs) we're about to fight right here on this, uh, podcast because, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna see this isn't like fake stuff. This is where, like, he's gonna call me stupid and I'm gonna, (laughs) and I'm gonna look at him and I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna say, okay, but in my mind, I'm thinking, well, you're a fucking asshole and you're stupid. So that's what, (laughs) that's what this is gonna be. I'm almost naughty. I almost don't even want to start this. I almost want to just like see what you have to say, but I'll do, I'll just briefly go over. Um, So, to me, this is the absolute public side trap game of the week. Um, (laughs) You know, I've got all these things written down. Like, obviously, everybody knows that Tampa is 0 4 at ATS at night games this year. Obviously, everybody knows that uh, Tampa Bay. Everybody knows
0: that. that's a great fucking stat.
1: Okay. Well, they're, they're owned four ATS and at, uh, during the night games this year. And it was actually addressed by the coach Arians when they were having so many troubles with these night games. It was something they were quote unquote, had to look at to just figure out what was going on. Probably because old, old man, uh, Brady, as great as he is, he probably likes to be in bed at eight o'clock. So I mean, Matlock
0: game... comes on at seven. What the fuck are we doing out here,
1: Matlock? Jesus Christ! How old are you?
0: What? <laughs> what, what, what? I need what to see my
1: programs, are... damn it! What decade are we in, Matlock? <laughs> oh my god! Anyways, so also on top of that, Brady is also zero and four. Tampa Bay is zero and four ATS versus top ten DVOA defenses. Um, look. Let me just throw it to you because I know you're gonna yell at me and, and cuss at me and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to like put my microphone on mute for a little bit so I can <laughs> so I can go cry in the corner. But Brady, bottom line, Brady versus a great pass rush. We saw this in the Super Bowls versus the New York Giants and New- and those New York Giants were not great on offense. Okay? They were not great on offense, but they rushed the passer and they held the, the points down. So you know what? Throwing it to you. Yell at me. Go ahead.
0: All right. So you did bring up some very good points, and I did poo-poo on your uh, night um, ATS trend there, but I think it's a real trend, and I thought it was worth bringing up the podcast. I'm glad you did it, and I think everybody needs to understand it. It is a real thing. Anytime something happens like that, and there's a reason behind it, right? Then there, it has to be a real. Like if it was just some oh, Tampa Bay's zero and 4 on Thursday nights during September when it rains outside and temperatures between 55 and 67. Yeah. Not that kind of trend. It's a, it's a real trend. So I did poo-poo it when we were talking earlier in the week, but I think it's a real trend, and I'm glad you brought it up. Okay. Now, here's my handicap in this game. If you think about playoff games and how you handicap them, you have to think, first of all, to me, what are the chances that the underdog can win the game? It's always where I start. So there's almost zero chance that Washington can win this game. Being realistic, right, unless something terrible was to happen to Tampa Bay, and I don't put anything out there in the universe. So, and if you want stats to back that up, Tampa Bay has lost to the 2nd, 7th, 10th, and 25th DVOA offenses. Now, the 25th offense that they lost to was Chicago. That was a road night, again, on a short week. They outpossessed Chicago. They outgained Chicago by over 100 yards and they lost by one point. So sometimes shit happens, right? Tom Brady forgot what down it was. Shit happens. Other than that, though, you do not beat this Tampa Bay team without a good offense period. Now, trivia time for you, Longhorn. Who has the 32nd worst
1: DVOA offense in the NFL? Oh, God. This feels like a setup. Gee, let me guess, Bo Could it be (laughs) the skins of
0: red? Sir, you're always on the money. Now, follow up to that question. How many teams, again, are there in the NFL?
1: I don't like your little game. I don't. So I refuse (laughs) to play it.
0: I think you know there's 32. So what you're basically telling me is Washington is the worst offense in all of professional football. Prove it. So, so now that you know that, the only question left is, how bad is Tampa Bay going to beat them? Now, what should you view some pause and put you on my buddy's side against Lane the eight is that Tampa Bay, like you said, has not beat anyone with a better defense, DVO defense, than 13th. So that would put you on his side. However... When you factor in the fact that Washington has not beat anybody with a better defense than 15th all year outside of that scheduled loss of an exhausted and a depleted Pittsburgh team, and the fact that Tampa Bay is fifth DVOA in defense, and on top of that, you got Ron Rivera talking about employing some sort of quarterback by committee, like rotation or situational quarterback play between a guy with one leg, which you watched Al Smith play last week. Good God, is he awful. And the other one, who's named after some skunky European beer. Like, this game could get ugly really, really quick. And I understand that Tampa Bay does struggle with a pass rush, and Tom Brady always has. But my point in this game is, and the reason why it's my personal best bet of the week, is Tampa Bay minus the eighth, is because Washington is not going to be able to score the football on Tampa Bay. And as hard as they make it, and I do believe that my buddy's correct, they're going to make it hard on Tom. It's a shitty field it's always been a shitty field this time of the year. If you've been, if you watch any Washington football people, games for any mm-hmm. amount of years, which they haven't played football this <laughs> this late in the year in a long time, but it doesn't matter. It's a shitty track. It's a slow track. It's going to slow Tampa down. It's going to make it difficult to do a lot of things they want to do. And yeah, Washington yeah. absolutely is the third best DVOA defense, and they are monsters up front. But Tampa Bay mm. can score. 20 points in this game and win this game 20 to three, 20 to seven, and easily cover. And I think that's probably the way it's going to go. My personal best bet is Tampa Bay minus eight.
1: Yeah, uh, which you know I've got this written down too. The under is a, is a good play here. A um, couple quick things um, to counter that. Not not that it's really a counter necessarily, but Tampa Bay is is one of my favorite teaser legs on this, on this slate. So I'm definitely not picking, you know, not picking the skins of red to win this game or or anything like that. Um, and then the second point is going to be, this is the Saturday night game. So if it is a blowout about halfway in third quarter and you try to text me, I will be pissed drunk (laughs) at the bar and I will not be responding to your text. Um, don't bother coming to look for me because I will stop watching the game and I'll be trying to cover something else, um, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, so love that. But one last thing on this game, it reminds me a lot of um, I was at the bar during the Oklahoma and Florida game, and a couple of our buddies were there with us or with me. And they asked me, you know, which way we wanted to bet this game. And I said, well, you know, it's one of those games where either Florida's going to win or Oklahoma's going to blow them out. So don't bother betting Florida in the cover. So what I will say on this: if you do think that the impossible of impossible can happen, and that somehow that the Washington football people can hold t- or Tom down, create some turnovers, and win the game, you just need to bet them on the money line. Don't worry about the points; they're plus two eighty five. Because if you bet them on the points, it's 110, a 100, or 110 to win 100. If you bet them on the money line, it's 285. So you can win 285 and or lose your 100, or you can bet 110 and lose your 100. And I think that's the way it's going to go. If you're going to go to the Washington Football People side, I would not fuck with the points. I'd go for the gusto and try to win the game outright. Otherwise, I think Tampa Bay is definitely the side to roll with.
1: All right, you yelled at me a lot worse off the air, so. A little disappointing.
0: Well, I mean, that tends to happen. It anyway, is. we're moving on. <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens come calling those Tennessee Titans in their three-and-a-half-point road favorites.
1: Yep, and this is another game. Let's try to blow through these Sunday games a little quicker. This this is another game where I was torn at the beginning beginning of the week, and honestly, I think I was trying to search for reasons to take Baltimore here if I was— if I had to be uh, completely honest, um, I didn't find enough to do it. I, I just couldn't convince myself, I guess, that Baltimore was the right side. So I'm actually going to lean to the home dog here in the playoffs that has a track record of beating this Baltimore team and this particular quarterback. Um, that, that number is just so juicy. Did you say it was three and a half still? Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, that's that scares me a little bit because they're kind of – if, you know, in a regular season format, this would be like, hey, please come bet. Please come bet this three and a half. Please come take this three and a half. Could still be true here where they're they're begging to get that Tennessee money um, to even out the sides. Um, I, I just eh, look of all the teams, of all the underdogs on the card this week, Tennessee is the top seed for me of the of the dogs to win outright. So I, I just I have to take the points here. I, I can't. I can't go any other way, um, you know. Like I said, it's got the history. I'm kind of scanning through my notes here as I'm reading. Um, you know, I could I could definitely see Baltimore winning this game. You know, uh, with a with a a late meaningless touchdown for uh, for Tennessee, putting them in the like if if Baltimore gets the lead, I could I could easily see Tennessee getting that back door within the three and a half. But. If Baltimore falls behind, it's toast. So so I guess bottom line I'll throw it to you is Baltimore can only win win and cover one way, and that's getting the lead. Tennessee, they can win and cover falling behind or getting the lead. So I can only lean Tennessee here.
0: Yep. So last year we told you, and only, we fucking told you right here that yep. Tennessee was going to go to Baltimore, the 14 and 2 MVP Baltimore. And fucking beat them at home as 10-point dogs, and they goddamn did it. And guess what? This year's Raven team is a half a point worse than last year in our power rankings. But Tennessee's a full point worse than they were last year. Right. But here's why I like Tennessee. Baltimore's upgraded themselves since that loss to Tennessee in Week 11 by two full points in our power rankings, while Tennessee has remained the same. So then the line was Baltimore minus six at home, so with two point upgrade it should be baltimore minus eight now so now you flip it the two points make it six that's a two and a half point delta which is huge value in the nfl so baltimore should be the slam dunk but here's where i disagree to start with the minus six baltimore line was wrong tennessee outgained it by over 100 yards and they won the game straight up turnovers and penalties were even nothing crazy happened just straight up ass whooping by tennessee so now the at that time, the line should have been, by our power rankings, Baltimore minus two, which is why we gave you Tennessee that week, which would make this game a pick'em once you flip the po- two points. But you give Baltimore the upgrade, so it's really Baltimore minus two, which flips the delta to minus one and a half to Tennessee. But here's the la- here's the last two factors why I think this gap's even bigger than that. has me on Tennessee. During that run, the Ravens went to upgrade themselves two points in the playoffs. They played the Cows, Browns, Jags, Bengals. Only one playoff team in that run. Tennessee during the same stretch by the Colts, Browns, Jags, Lions, Pack, Texans. And stayed flat, which makes sense. They played three playoff teams and three non-playoff teams. So I think the upgrade on Baltimore is a little bit of fool's gold, or a lot of fool's gold, in our power rankings. And the last thing is, Tennessee, what they're worst at is rushing the passer. So naturally, all of their losses this season have come to teams that are top 11 at protecting the quarterback. Well, Baltimore's 24th in the league at that. So, Tennessee's biggest weakness is effectively neutralized by Baltimore's biggest weakness, thus canceling each other out. And to further expand upon that, Baltimore, every Baltimore loss this season has been to a team that is top 10 at protecting the quarterback. Tennessee is 10th best in the league at that, and that neutralizes that Baltimore pass rusher, which is their best feature as a defense. Last thing, the only team outside of the numbers for Baltimore that anything that I just gave you that they lost to was was New England. And who do you think Coach Belichick talked to before they played Lamar? Probably his fucking old linebacker, Vrabel, who's now beaten Lamar twice and seems to have some sort of fundamental read on how to stop that offense. And, in fact, the only two games, Longhorn, that Lamar has been kept under four yards per attempt while rushing when he had over ten carries. In other words, he did it a lot. Were against Houston in Week 3 when they still had O'Brien and Romeo Cornell, both Coach Belichick, Belichick guys and then Tennessee, so I think the boys from ten, from New England have a rap on how to fucking hold down Lamar, so go Titans
1: yeah, I love that a lot
0: alright, moving on New Orleans minus 10, hosting the Chicago Bears
1: minus 10 um, Bo Cephas, quick question are we allowed to have a hello <laughs> oh corner TV game in the playoffs. Is that allowed?
0: I think it's a hello water break game in the time all the fucking beer will be drinking over
1: the fucking oh weekend for sure. God. God, so this it. is this is what, like the 3 o'clock game on, on Oh, Sunday? yeah, this is
0: time for fucking the, the beer snooze right here.
1: Yeah, take you a little power nap, sleep off that Saturday night, you know, over Viagra overdose binge that you're going to be on. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Whatever. Let's make this one quick on my side. Um, of course the fucking value is on Chicago, but I, I refuse, refuse to tell all you people to put your hard earned money on Chicago. I refuse to put that my hard earned money on Chicago. Trubisky is absolutely going to shit his pants in this game. Throw some terrible picks. Um, will it be enough to uh screw his team out of the cover probably but I, I i want no part of this game um roquan smith is out he he got hurt last week so that defense already fading defense has one less person to chase kamar around on those on those little swing passes um the bear the bears pass rush which is their strength is going to be neutralized by one of the best Pass blocking offensive lines in the league. This is an absolute hard pass for me. Um, on a force, on a force lean, I would have to lean with the public, unfortunately, and take that, uh, take that huge number uh, of New Orleans and lay the points. But, uh, but if I was truly forced, I would put New Orleans in one of those teasers. Although it's not one of the advantage teasers because you're going from ten, ten and a half. Down to four four and a half. So it's not your your you know prototypical advantage teaser, but that would be the only thing I would do here. I hate this game so fucking much.
0: Yep. I don't want any part of this game. I think you either lay them over lay the lumber or move on. Vegas is telling Chicago's about a 20% chance to win this game. And what people need to remember with the playoffs: backdoor covers are hard to come by on big dogs because when they get down and they get down significantly, and it's late in the game. The fight leaves them. They know their season's over. So, you know, uh, and then other than the fluke win against Tampa Bay, which you covered earlier, Chicago has not beat a single winning team all season long. So <laughs> I think it's either New Orleans or pass. And one last thing on that, uh, you just brought up uh, – what did you just bring up? The – broke one no, it was... Fuck. You just made a point I was going to reiterate. Now I forgot what it was. Oh, the blowout. So, the blowout factor. So, generally, in the in in the wildcard game, there's only four games. Usually, two of them are blowouts, and two of them are good games. we got six. One to two are blowouts. The rest of them are good games. Now, we have six. So, you're going to guarantee yourself two blowouts. I think this is one of them. I think Tampa Bay is probably the other one, relatively. Yeah. And, we get, and we'll get to the next yeah. one here in a second. But... You're gonna get two. You're, you're <laughs> gonna get two out of six. Get two out of six. You're gonna be blows. Oh, so I think this sure. is one of them. So yeah, it's either New Orleans or pass for here for me. All right, all right. Moving on to the last game and it's those Pittsburgh Steelers and they are minus six at
1: home versus your Cleveland Browns. They're not my Browns, sir. Uh, you still try to sneak that <laughs> in every chance you get. Listen. Uh, I wish you could see my screen right now. I have Cleveland slash Pittsburgh, and there is literally no words behind it because I don't need to write anything up on this. This was one of our favorite games of the week. As soon as it came out, this is the who we kidding? this is everybody's favorite game of the week. I mean, we know the COVID situation with the coaches. I mean, I don't want to sit here and regurgitate everything that everybody's hearing, you know, on the radio every day. So, clearly hugely into pittsburgh here i don't think they've factored enough i don't think they can factor enough of how much of a loss it is for your not only play caller but your um your culture changer in in stefanski um like that's a there's no way to factor that in you you can't you can't put this number high enough for me for me to not like pittsburgh all you know relatively speaking so yeah huge lane to pittsburgh here this will be one of those blowouts uh it's a good thing it's sunday night because you know if, if you're tired of watching football after these other five games and you just want to like you know zone out at halftime when pittsburgh's winning 20 to 3 this will be the game to do it so yeah i've got i've got nothing nothing that will point me to cleveland in this game baker you know he it looked like he won the super bowl last week he he hit the he beat the pittsburgh backups last week and you thought that that they won the Super Bowl. And I'm not going to bust his balls too much because that is a big deal because he's the first quarterback in like two decades to take Cleveland to the playoffs. So I'm not going to poo-poo on him too much, but he's about to face reality this week, and it ain't going to be pretty.
0: Yeah, he's the first Pitt, or Cleveland quarterback since the great Derek Anderson. To lead them to the playoffs. So the good great, job Baker. The great Derek Anderson. How can we forget that guy? So here's what I will tell you that you've not heard anywhere else on the radio or anywhere else, except right here on fucking FGH. This is why I love Pittsburgh. So most people would say on the surface, wait, Cleveland was minus 10 last week, now it's Pittsburgh running six. That's 16 points just for Ben and TJ Watt? That's way too much. Give us the Browns. And they would think that they would be sharp when they said that. Well, we told you last week, right here on this program, that Pittsburgh should have been minus two on a neutral field. So, minus one in Cleveland. It was Cleveland minus ten. We covered easily. Pittsburgh even had a two-point conversion to tie the game. All right, so easy win for us. Now, we said last week that Vegas was telling you pretty much that Ben was worth five. So if you move it back to a neutral field, that's back to uh, Pittsburgh minus 2. Plus 1 for home gives them 3. You put 5 for the old fat guy in. Now it's Pittsburgh minus 8. We're only laying 6. So instant sharp value for us on Pittsburgh. And then you factor in, like you just said, their head coach and play callers out. It's got to move it at least 1 point to 9, maybe even 10, I would think. It should be Pittsburgh minus 10. We're only laying 6. I mean, it's a fucking slam dunk. Let's go fucking Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, Bo Cephas, um, we had this discussion, and I told you that you cannot throw that many numbers and math at me, and you <laughs> promised me that you would not do that, and I just got lost. <laughs> I just got lost in all of those numbers. But I'm. I, bottom line, we're both on Pittsburgh, so I love it. That's right, baby. And then with that, that was all them wins that were coming in the air tonight, baby! <laughs>
0: All right, boys and girls, that's time you've all been waiting for. It's time for that NFL free, That's a free
1: pick of the week, baby. Yep, and obviously we got a short slate this week, so we got to be careful with the free picks on the uh, straight side. So I'm going to give out a teaser here for the free pick, and our NFL free pick of the week is going to be a teaser on Tampa Bay. Down to minus two, and both bothyfish, you can check the um, the numbers and make sure I'm right here. Tampa Bay minus two, and then I'm going to take Pittsburgh. It should be a pick 'em. Is that right? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, so Tampa Bay minus two and Pittsburgh on a pick 'em. That is your NFL free pick of the week. Now the moneyline parlay of the week. Woo! <laughs> I feel good about this one, baby. It is going to be. Follow me here, Buffalo. Tampa Bay, those Tennessee Titans, Pittsburgh, and then the last leg, the fifth leg, is going to be Ohio State on the money line. These are all on the money line, and this parlay pays 17 to 1. I'm going to repeat it here in a second, but remember, if you get to that last leg, Ohio State on the money line, there is a tremendous hedge opportunity there, so let me repeat it for the people. Buffalo, Tampa Bay, tennessee pittsburgh and then ohio state uh assuming that game gets to get played on time but either way if you get to those first four you're sitting on a great hedge opportunity whether it gets played monday or later and that is the money line parlay of the week man i fucking
0: feel the money raining down already longhorn tell me about that fabulous website one more time
1: all right, you Glory Hole Seekers, that's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the sports patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias, and don't forget to subscribe to both our YouTube channels, the Football Glory Hole and the Degenerate with both Cephas and RJ Choppy. We give out free picks on our website on our podcast, and also on our YouTube quick hits so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both see this as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on.
0: God damn it. People never pay a bookie again. Stephen Tyler, take us out, brother!